At Brand Mary, we believe in the power of storytelling. So we're on a mission to help entrepreneurs own and monetize their story through personal branding and advanced marketing strategies. Build a brand, market with ease, create more income and impact. Welcome to the Brand Mary Podcast. Today's episode is all about Pinterest. Oh my gosh. I feel like this is a long time coming, actually. You know, one of the things that I love to teach my clients is how to use Pinterest to grow their business. It is a love that I have. And although inside of my membership, Brand Mary Academy, we have in-depth trainings on how to use the platform, how to schedule your content, how to do your SEO research, like all of the different things I'm going to be sharing with you in today's episode, I realized in my most recent launch of the Academy that I hadn't made a podcast about my love for Pinterest. And in fact, I didn't have a lot of blog posts about it either. And I think the reason for that is that teaching Pinterest requires such a deep dive into the platform that just piecing together tiny little pieces isn't going to deliver the amazing results that the platform can ultimately deliver small businesses. But, 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 that's not to say that you can't start making these small changes and seeing, you know, increased traffic to your website. I mean, this is essentially how I started back in the day, and we're going to talk a little bit more about my evolution with Pinterest and just the evolution of the platform in and of itself. But my hope is that with this episode, you will start to understand how valuable this platform is. And even though I think the the focus on Pinterest has definitely expanded. They're doing a lot more for online business owners and more business owners are discovering it. I still think it's an incredibly underrated tool that entrepreneurs are not using. So this episode is meant to give you the information that you need to determine if Pinterest is right for you and your business, as well as six of my tips for getting started on the platform. But please remember that the platform in and of itself is very complex, and if you just want that whole step-by-step, play-by-play roadmap, we do cover that inside of Brand Mary Academy. So let's take it back, shall we? Back to the beginning of my love story with Pinterest, and it was about the first Second year of my business, so I had started my business in 2016. At the beginning of the year, I spent the majority of that year figuring out what the heck I was doing, trying to build my brand, trying to build my website. I definitely was at that stage of being a business owner where I was like, I just need a brand and a website. I'll worry about traffic later. I know now that's not the best strategy. It's not what I teach anymore. I'll tell you that much. You definitely still need that brand foundation, but things like your logo and spending months and months designing a website, totally not necessary. We really should be focused on building our community and, you know, marketing from the beginning. So around the time when I was had my website, I had had a couple clients and I was starting to experiment with, you know, different ways to ultimately drive traffic to my website. I had noticed, of course, that I wasn't getting traffic to my website, that it was just kind of sitting there and it wasn't really, uh, I wasn't utilizing it as a tool to grow my business. At the time, I was relying a lot on Facebook groups. And so I was in Facebook groups pretty regularly for my business. And that's when I discovered a few people talking about Pinterest, asking questions about Pinterest. Now, let's be clear. 
my love affair with Pinterest as a consumer started in 2012 when I was planning my wedding. (laughs) All right. I'm obsessed. And I've been obsessed and used the platform for personal reasons for a really long time. Well, as I was, you know, seeing some of these conversations pop up and my ears started to, you know, perk up on, on this platform and how business owners were using it, I started to think back to when I was first starting my business. And I was like, oh yeah, I totally use this platform to discover things about my brand, to find colors, to find inspiration. In fact, I had been teaching entrepreneurs how to use Pinterest as a consumer to get clear on their branding, their brand emotions and different things like that. But it had never really clicked to me that I could use it as a business owner, as a marketer. So in 2017, I started working with a Pinterest uh, consultant at the time. She was just getting started. I was just getting started. I didn't have a lot of money to invest to invest. And so we just started kind of figuring out the platform together and what worked, what didn't work. We were totally open to experimenting. And then that obsession just continued to grow. Every year I've optimized my strategy for Pinterest even more in, you know, at the end of 2020, we were getting millions of views on my Pinterest account, resulting in thousands and thousands of users visiting my website. I think in 2020 alone, I know we saw a 300% increase because of the strategies we were using on Pinterest, which was over 182, I think 128 or 182 views, (laughs) switching my numbers, on my website in one year, 182,000, geez, 182,000 views on my website and majority of those coming from Pinterest. So not only was I seeing, you know, these views on the platform themselves, which of course is huge for brand awareness, but I was also getting traffic and we were also seeing clients coming in from Pinterest. In fact, one of my old courses that I used to sell called You Branded, my branding course is now available inside of Brand Mary Academy, but at the time was separate. The leads that we were getting from Pinterest onto my email list were so high quality that many of them were converting into this branding course. So my obsession and my love of Pinterest has just gotten deeper and deeper and deeper throughout the years. However, the platform itself has been changing all the time since I started using it in 2017. And I think the biggest change that we saw happen last year in 2021, where I definitely did question my love of Pinterest for a hot little minute, but we made it out okay. We had some little turbulent relationship issues, but we're all good now. And I'm going to share a little bit more about that when I talk about kind of the evolution of the platform itself. So the biggest thing that I have loved about about Pinterest has really been that it's such an amazing tool for brand awareness. It doesn't require me to come up with long form content, you know, like every single day on the platform. I get to repurpose and reuse content quite a bit. And it drives traffic to my website, which ultimately results in leads and, of course, sales and clients. And it's that you know, foundation, pretty much what Pinterest was originally designed to do was to lead 
individuals to blog content that has just stuck with the platform all of these years, which is why so many of my clients see success because they're creating blogs and it's just a natural progression for Pinterest consumers to click through and go to a website to learn more and introduce themselves to a brand. Which again is why I stress the importance of a website because when you actually get traffic to it, you want to make sure that it's working for you. Pinterest isn't amazing if people go to your website and then nothing happens, right? They have no way to opt in. They have no way to learn more about you. They have no way to purchase from you. So there's definitely a love, another love language that's happening between Pinterest and the optimization of your website, which again is something that we teach inside of Primary Academy because it's so important. So now that we're super clear on the relationship that I have with Pinterest, let's talk a little bit about how I've watched the platform evolve over the last few years. So when I was first starting out, you know, it was really about like the amount of pins, quantity of pins. In fact, there was, you were pinning anywhere between 30 to 50 pins a day. Now, before you're like, holy moly, how do you do that? At the time, it was 80% repins, meaning you were pinning other people's content 80% of the time and then 20% of your own content. So that obviously made it a lot easier to create 30 to 50 pins a day or to, to be pinning 30 to 50 pins a day. And a lot of the time we were doing this manually. Tailwind was really starting to become a big player, which is what I still use today. I think there was another one called like Board Buddy or Board Runner or something, which has since, you know, disappeared because they weren't an actual partner with Pinterest. But there were all these different tools that you could use to help you keep up with this consistency. And that for me was like the biggest shock when I went on Pinterest because I thought I could just like pin my blog post on a Thursday one time and then just go back and pin it another one next Thursday and have success. But that's just not how it worked. There was this consistency showing up being on the platform. The other thing that was working really well were Pinterest group boards. Now, Pinterest group boards were essentially these boards that someone would create and would either invite other creators or business owners to the board, or you could submit yourself to the board. And that was really kind of the sweet spot at the time. So everyone would pin their own content to the board, and then you just basically agreed to pin other people's content, repin other people's content. So this was the quickest way to grow. And this is what we were really seeing working well on Pinterest back in 2017, 2018, because we were getting in front of different audiences, they were repinning our content, and we were pushing it out. So it wasn't just to my followers or to the SEO, we were getting even more traction through repins. So then things started to shift. I would say at about, you know, 2019, we started to see more and more information on you don't need to repin other people's content as much. In fact, you should be pinning a majority of your content. Now, by this point in my business, I had started blogging much more frequently. And so we had so much content that we were already pretty much doing 50-50, where I would repin 50% of other people's content that I felt was relevant to my audience. So for instance, I might talk a lot about branding, but I'm not specifically talking about like how to design a logo and how to choose font pairings and things like that. So I would repin other people's content that talked about that. 
And then, of course, 50% of my own old content, which included new blog posts that I was creating, new podcasts that I was creating, new videos that I was creating, as well as repurposing old content as well. So we started to move to this like half and half. And then I remember everyone started talking about like, stop hitting other people's content as much. It's all about your content. And again, we had already kind of started making this shift, but I was at a conference in 2019 with one of the, um, uh, you know, one of the contributors to Tailwind. And they were ultimately like, it's fully 80-20, 80% your content, 20% other people's content. So if, if you're paying attention, there was this like really slow shift of, hey, just focus on repenning other people's content to let's split it 50-50 to, hey, we want you to just focus on putting newer content out there. So this was in about 2019, all right? At the same time, they also finally said, thank goodness, that we could pin less, that the 30 to 50 pins daily was ridiculous because we weren't repinning other people's content as much. So that went down to like 15 to 30 pins a day, which was a freaking saving grace. And just everyone was very happy. Now, by this point, I had started to build connections with Pinterest. I had a point of contact at Pinterest. I had started investing in some advertising at Pinterest. And I had been invited to the creator community um, where you can submit ideas and see new rollouts and different things like that. So I had been kind of seeing some of the things rolling out before they ultimately had on a bigger scale. And what we had was working. Oh my gosh. In 2019, as I mentioned, we started to see a huge increase in views. 2020, we were seeing, you know, uh, upwards of a million views every single month on the platform. And again, we were seeing the traffic to my website as well, because you know me. I don't care about followers, like numbers, different things like that, if I'm not seeing the results in my business. But we were seeing the results in my business in terms of revenue and, and subscribers and, of course, website traffic. Then in 2020... They rolled out what I like to call Fresh Content 1.0, all right? In 2020, Pinterest made an announcement that they wanted fresh content and everyone lost it, myself included, for maybe like five minutes. I'm not going to lie. What happened was they, they started talking about this fresh content. Everyone started reporting on it and it became this whole thing. And it got blown way out of proportion, and so they had said, you know, we want fresh content. So what everyone thought was like, oh my gosh, we have to put new stuff on the platform all the time. We have to put new blogs, new links, new everything. Like, how are we going to keep up with this? When in reality, with this update in 2020, they just wanted us to create new pins. So let's say I had a blog post and that blog post obviously had one link, had one title, had a description. I could create 20 different pins with different, you know, templates, different colors, you know, just same title, same everything, just a couple different pins. And I could put that content out on the platform over a period of time. I could also take that content and post it multiple times. So 
and that was working. It was working A-okay, and it was great. And in 2020, as I mentioned, we saw a huge increase going over the million dollar, a million dollar, <laughs> going over the million view mark, just manifesting that million dollar year over here, uh, going over the million view mark. And really, by 2020, we were pushing two million views a month. I was ecstatic. Things were working. It was fantastic. And in 2021, Pinterest started rolling out a bunch of new updates. This is where our relationship gets a little rocky. So they we, we noticed that they started with story pins is what they were called. These were essentially a play on Instagram stories, Facebook stories. We all know, right? Different story pins, um, which would live for 24 hours on your feed. And that was it. Then those started to evolve and they allowed you to pin them to a board so they could last longer. Then they changed the name to idea pins, which is what they are now. We also started seeing more video rolling out. So we started utilizing more video, uh, you know, repurposing YouTube videos, snippets, uh, saving, you know, pins as MP4s, maybe uh, having an arrow that like flashed on a pin, right? We started utilizing video pen. And in fact, my point of contact at Pinterest at the time said, you know, video is really where it's at on Pinterest. So the more that you can diversify the types of pins you're creating, the better. Of course, we started doing this, but we were seeing such awesome success that, you know, we we kind of stuck with what we were doing and we started integrating this new stuff as no one was putting a ton of emphasis on, you know, having to use the new tools. So all of this was kind of going and, and moving along and in June of 2021, we started to, you know, get updates saying like more video pins, more idea pins, uh, really focus on fresh content, so on and so forth. So we were implementing these changes. We were doing the whole thing. And then we started in about August to see a really steep decline with my account. Now, what I'm about to share with you is for transparency purposes, obviously, but also like, don't freak out. There was a whole back end thing that happened. We still don't know what happened, but here we are to this day and we're all fine. At the time, my views went in half. I went from two million to a million. Then they, in a month, they went from a million to to 300,000. Now you might be like, that's amazing, right? 300,000 is still great, but that is a crazy drop in just 60 days. So of course, I am talking to my point of contact. I had multiple meetings with my point of contact. I'm like, what is going on? And they just kept saying the same thing. Like the platform is changing. We need to make updates, you know? And I was like, yes, but this can't be a strategy thing. Like this is such a crazy decline. So we were investigating, you know, more and more and one day I was just kind of looking through all my settings and noticed that my website was not claimed anymore. And I reclaimed my website. So when I did that, I reset my analytics. So yes, it is true. Previous to October 2021, I don't have any data on the Pinterest platform. <laughs> that I can use. However, we did take a lot of screenshots over the years, so I do have some baseline data. 
But that was when we were like, okay, something's up. So I started diving more into the community, the creator community. I started seeing all of these creators saying things like, oh my gosh, my website became unconnected. My Instagram became unconnected. My views are dropping. Things are dropping. And just like with every platform, right? And again, I love Pinterest. I still love them. We are back in love again. It's a-okay. But just like with every platform, there's going to be changes. And when they make major changes on the platform, you know, we have to adapt. And there's always going to be some things that don't work out exactly as we want them to work out or they had been working out. So there was a huge shift, especially for me as a business owner who used Pinterest as a main traffic driver. Now, might I add, this was just another reminder to me and something I've been preaching for a long time to not rely on one single platform. So yes, we did see website traffic drop, but we never saw it go into a dangerous zone. Why? Because I was still optimizing my blogs for Google. I was still ranking on Google with SEO. I was still creating YouTube video and people were finding me on YouTube. I still have my podcast. I was still posting, you know, things on Instagram and Facebook, right? We were still seeing the leads and things. And we did, of course, experience a dip, but it wasn't a, oh my gosh, you know, what are we going to do situation in terms of, you know, getting email subscribers, which is just another reminder to you that even though a platform may be absolutely amazing, like Pinterest, it cannot be your number one way to market your business. Okay, back to the evolution. So around this time, we finally got it figured out with the support of Pinterest. Um, We got my website reclaimed. It became unclaimed again, I got it reclaimed again, and then it stuck. And it's been that way. Bless. So of course, I started digging even more into the strategy because Pinterest kept saying, you know, we don't know what happened with your website, but also our strategy has changed. So I, for about two weeks in the middle of launching Roadmap to Freedom, I just researched and researched and researched Pinterest and everything that was changing. I've got insight from, you know, my point of contact who gave me an awesome, you know, kind of like overview of what was happening and the updates. And ultimately, we figured out a strategy that has now been serving us for about four or five months and watching our, you know, views increase. It's it's a slow go, right? But watching them increase, we've grown from about 300, you know, when we dripped down to our lowest 300,000 views up to the 500,000 views in just a few months. And ultimately, I repackaged and re-recorded all of my trainings inside of the academy because that was the most important piece for me was to make sure that my clients had the updated strategies. So what changed? You're probably like, yeah, please tell us. It felt like everything changed. For someone who had been on the platform since 2017, it felt like everything changed. And part of that is kind of true. But I do see the major benefit of this and I do see the direction in which Pinterest is going. So the number one thing that happened is they really embraced a ton of video. Just like when Instagram came out with Instagram Reels, we saw Instagram Reels all over our feed. And we still really are today. Pinterest did a very similar thing. They now have a watch feed where you can almost see TikTok in real-like videos. Obviously, the type of video is completely different. Pinterest is all about inspiration and education. And so their videos are much more focused on that area because that's what the platform is built on. 
We also saw a huge increase in idea pins. And again, as I mentioned before, idea pins, previously known as Pinterest stories, were these, you know, kind of carousel type images, that's what most people were using, that shared details, um, shared insight, were educational, were inspirational, but more and more people started using video. So I don't know if any of you noticed, but October, November, it was like the whole feed was just freaking idea pins. It was insane. The downfall of idea pins at the time of this recording is that you can't link externally. So there's no way for someone to click on like the description or the notes for your idea pin and go to your website. And so for a lot of marketers who had been using Pinterest for a long time to drive traffic to their website, they wanted to play by the rules of Pinterest, obviously, and create this content that was getting pushed out, but were also kind of like, why am I doing this? So at Brand Mary, we found kind of a middle ground where I was still creating idea pins two times a week on my highest traffic days. I mean, my highest like engagement days, Saturday and Sunday. And that was it. We were really focused on just our old school static video content that we could have links externally because until they add those links, which they are saying we'll be rolling out for idea pins. Um, as a marketer, it's just like, this is great, but my whole emphasis is not just brand awareness, right? I want to get people off this platform and onto my email list. The other thing that happened, OMG, was that we moved into Fresh Content 2.0. Okay, do you remember Fresh Content 1.0 where everyone freaked out, but we could still kind of repin our content and create a bunch of pin variations that basically said the exact same thing but looked different? Great. Fresh Content 2.0 was nothing like that. What Pinterest ultimately said is, you know, we have recognized that we have enough marketers on the platform. So we don't need y'all with business accounts repinning other people's content. We want you giving us fresh content so that all these new users who are on the platform have content to look at. So as a business account, they really wanted you to keep from repinning. Oh my gosh. It was like, hold on, what? You're going to just like pull that rug right out from under us? And that was a big, that was a big adjustment for sure. But luckily, along with that adjustment, did come a decrease in daily pinning. So if you remember, again, we were talking 30 to 50 pins a day back in 2017, 15 to 30 pins a day, you know, 2019. In 2021, established accounts can really do anywhere between one to four pins. I recommend my newer clients to start building some traction, do anywhere from five to 10. But that is still a huge a huge kind of gift for entrepreneurs. So as you can see, there's been pros and there's been cons to the evolution. In addition, fresh pins actually do mean fresh pins. So where you can have the exact same external link, you do need to update the pin graphic, the pin title, and the pin description. Luckily, we figured this all out at Brand Mary. We created an awesome tracker for our clients. We're using it too. It's one of the amazing perks of the Academy. And, you know, just making it easy, making it as easy as possible to still see success on the platform. So let me take a drink of my espresso. As you can see, it's changed a lot. And I wanted to share this with you because this is what marketing is in a nutshell. Nothing's going to stay the same. It's not supposed to stay the same. Marketing is meant to evolve based on a user experience. And as marketers, as brands, we have to be open to that evolution. 
but it doesn't have to be overwhelming and time consuming. You know, there are resources like Brand Mary Academy where I'm doing all of this research and this testing for you so then you can just start with implementation. Not all of us are expert marketers, you know, that's my job over here. And so I think as a marketer, it's so important to have access to those tools, which of course is why I created the Academy, so that when things change, you can pivot because that's really the main piece of it. When these things adjust, although we want to, of course, cry, I know I did, and like when Pinterest, when I lost all those views, right, we want to cry, we want to like say, but this was working, why did we change it? But at the end of the day, that is our job as brands, as marketers to adjust. So... I wanted to leave you with six things to keep in mind if you are wanting to explore Pinterest or you're currently using it and you would like to elevate your strategy. And again, remember, we teach the step-by-step how-to of this inside of Brand Mary Academy. So definitely check out brandmaryacademy.com. Join the waitlist so you can find out when doors will be opening again. So the very first tip that I have for you is to create consistent content. Pinterest requires consistent content, especially with the Fresh Pin 2.0. And so I recommend that this content lives on your website because that is going to be the easiest place to convert your audience into subscribers and into clients. All the information that they need about you is on your website. So that's why I'm a big fan of blogs. Um, You can also, obviously, if you are on YouTube, I am, you can turn that into blog content. If you have a podcast and you're posting that on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you're also embedding it onto your blog. So we do that with all of my content because that's where I ultimately want to send traffic. We also know that as a Pinterest business account, your claimed URL is going to get the highest reach for you. So if you're sending people to, you know, Apple Podcasts, it's not going to get pushed out as much as if you're sending them to your claim domain, which of course would be your website. So I always recommend on your website. But again, if you're just starting out, you could just start getting in the habit of pinning, you know, YouTube videos. You can pin your Instagram content, different things like that. But again, I'm just reminding you, and I feel like I've said this a million times, We don't want to send someone from Pinterest over to your Instagram where they then have to go to your Instagram bio to click through to your website to then grab your opt-in. Let's let's just skip a bunch of steps, okay? So um, pinning, you know, Instagram content, YouTube content, stuff like that can give you more content. But please, I really recommend making your website the main hub for your content and where you're sending most Pinterest traffic. So consistent content is key. Right now in my business, I am doing two uh, pieces of content every week. So I have a YouTube a video that turns into a blog, and then I have a podcast that we also do show notes as a blog, And but most of my clients are only doing one. The second tip I have for you is to repurpose. Oh my gosh, Michelle, it's like your favorite word. Might get it tattooed on my body. Uh, repurposing content is so important and really, really important on Pinterest because again, you need fresh content. They've already said that. So think about if you're making a carousel for Instagram. Can you resize that into an Instagram story size and put that on as an idea pin on Pinterest? If you are filming a YouTube video and you're pulling snippets out for Instagram, can you also share those snippets on Pinterest? If you're making videos or reels or TikToks, can you download those and upload this to Pinterest? So repurposing your content and really thinking outside of the box can be really helpful. Uh, again, my suggestion is that the core, maybe like 80% of the content you're putting out on Pinterest is going straight to your blog. But even like an Instagram reel, 
download that to your phone, upload it to Pinterest, and link it to your website. Maybe you have a blog that talks about what the reel is about. Or you just link them to a freebie or your homepage. So there's a lot of different ways to repurpose your content for Pinterest. So really starting to think outside the box now that fresh content is so important. The third tip I have for you is really organizing your content. So because we are creating a lot of different variations, right? I might have one blog post that needs five titles and five descriptions. Promise it's not as overwhelming as it sounds. I promise we simplify it inside of the academy. You need a place to track all of that. And you'll be repurposing content. You want to know the last time you kind of shared it. So creating some sort of tracker is incredibly helpful. An Excel spreadsheet, a Google sheet is excellent. That's what we give to our clients inside of the academy. They get a full template where they can keep track of their monthly pins, their titles, their descriptions, the boards they're pinning them to, their main keywords, all of that. The next tip that I have for you is around templates. So because of all the fresh content, it's really important that you have templates for your brand. I love to create mine in Canva. Almost all of my clients create them in Canva. There is a tool with Tailwind, which we'll talk about Tailwind Tailwind in just a second, but it's called Tailwind Create, where you can also create graphics. I have found that using Canva is just a lot easier. That's also what I've been teaching my clients as well. It kind of makes the duplication process a lot easier when we're creating, you know, five different pins (laughs) at a time for for one board. But... um, Having templates is incredibly helpful. It's going to make your life a lot easier. So we have a set of about six different Pinterest templates that I've created that I'm like, these are our core templates with our core brand colors and fonts. And then anytime we have a new piece of content, we just duplicate that in Canva, follow the strategy, and then get that, you know, download that, those graphics and put them out onto the platform. So look for opportunities to save time. Templates is a great way to do that. And Canva has some really great ones. If you're not a designer, they have really, really great templates that you can just customize for your own business. The next tip I have for you, number five, is to use some sort of scheduler. So because you're going to be consistently pinning, it's important to be able to kind of sit down and bulk schedule your content. Now, you can do this using a tool called Tailwind, which is something I've been using for years. They're a partner with Pinterest. They're simply still the best, in my opinion. And that will allow you to go in either monthly or maybe every two weeks and schedule your content. We're doing it every two weeks at Brand Mary right now, but always looking for opportunities to get further, further advanced with that. And so having a scheduler is incredibly helpful. You can also schedule on Pinterest. So you don't have to pay for this, obviously, but it's a little bit more tedious in terms of, you know, uploading a pin and changing out. I teach both methods inside of the academy, but having some sort of scheduler, so you're not having to actually pin things every day. That's ridiculous. That's just like posting on Instagram, right? You want to have a way to kind of bulk schedule a bunch of content so that you don't have to be doing it daily and you can come back and revisit it, you know, when that content has expired or your queue is empty. The one thing that you cannot schedule at the time of this recording are idea pins. And so what I do with idea pins, here's a little behind the scenes, is I have a folder on my phone that is just graphics where we keep all of my carousels, where we keep reels that I've downloaded, anything that I've downloaded. And so like I mentioned on my peak engagement days, which 
Tailwind is another reason I love this platform is they give you freaking awesome statistics. So my peak engagement day is like Saturday and Sunday at night, I'm posting my idea pens. So all I do on those days is I just go to my folder. I quickly download the graphics I'm going to use, upload them onto Pinterest, add in a title, add in some tags, and I schedule it. It takes me all of 10 minutes on a Saturday and a Sunday. I wouldn't normally do that on a Saturday and Sunday, except for I've seen that I get awesome impressions and more profile visits during that time than a Monday or a Tuesday. And so I'm here for it. And then the final tip that I have for you is just SEO, SEO, SEO. Pinterest, unlike what a lot of people like to argue with me about, especially on YouTube, is not a, is not a social media platform. It is a search engine, a search engine. And so your keyword optimization is so important. And it's even more important in 2020 and beyond than it ever was before. So really taking the time to do your keyword research for kind of your core pieces of content. So I talk about branding, personal branding, brand storytelling, marketing, SEO, Pinterest, those different things. I've done a lot of keyword research on that. I keep that in my spreadsheet so I can always pull from that and integrate it into my titles and integrate it into my descriptions. So really take the time to understand SEO on Pinterest specifically because it is different than SEO and Google. Same concept, right? Keywords but different because they're two different platforms and and create kind of a log for the main keywords that you can use for your business. Again, this is, of course, a tab inside of the spreadsheet that we give our clients inside of Brand Mary Academy. So there you have it. Six tips for y'all plus a love story. Pinterest and Brand Mary, a love story with a very questionable period of time where we almost broke it off, but we're back at it and we're, you know, just back to being in love again. This was ridiculous. This podcast was ridiculous. The fact that I started with that love story and ran with it all the way till the end, can we just have a moment, like some silent snaps or whatever? I I fully committed to the theme of this podcast and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. So that's Pinterest, y'all. That's why I love it so much. It's one of my favorite uh, ways to drive traffic to your website. The stats are just incredible. The amount of users have just continued to grow over the years. I see video marketing even increasing more and more. Um, One of the main folks from YouTube recently uh, joined Pinterest. And so I think we're just going to continue to see video marketing, you know, on all platforms, really. So it's time we just embrace it. But I highly encourage you to check out Pinterest for your brand and your business. As I've mentioned, it is complex, but it doesn't have to be overwhelming. That's why we break down the strategies inside of Brand Mary Academy. If you're interested in learning more, you can go to brandmaryacademy.com and join the wait list. I also have a new free class for you if you want to hear additional ways to market your business, to drive amazing traffic to your website, to get your brand seen and paid. You can go to brandmary.com slash class making it simple, brandmary.com slash class, C-L-A-S-S, and get signed up for that on-demand training where I'm sharing some of my freaking top tips for marketing and how you can finally kind of step out of the hamster wheel that is social media and get your brand seen and paid. So I hope to see you over there for that class. All right. 
If you have any questions about Pinterest, be sure to send me a DM over on Instagram. I'm hanging out at Michelle Knight Co. As always, I would love to answer your questions, hear your feedback from this episode. If you loved this episode, if you found it incredibly helpful, I would so appreciate you take the time to write a review on Apple Podcasts. Just search The Brand Mary Podcast, write a quick review, and I love you forever. All right? As you probably know, as a fellow marketer, reviews, social proof, client testimonials are so important to the success of your business. And so I appreciate you taking the time to help this podcast succeed because I love creating this high value content. I know you love receiving it. All right. Next week, I'm going to be sharing a special replay from a live that I did on five ways to improve and elevate your marketing. These are five things that I did in my business that allowed me to elevate my marketing and and elevate my revenue. So I'll be sharing that in a new episode next Thursday. As always, thanks so much for tuning in and I'll chat with you soon.